That was Risk It All by GQ Capone, and you're listening to Yuppie Noir. And we are back with another episode of the Yuppie Noir Podcast. This is Kyler. B Merch. Young Dwayze. What up? It's good, fellas. How was y'all Memorial Day weekend? It was alright. You know, went out, went out, uh, took a couple trips Sunday, went down to Brick, and then... Monday, I was in Philly. Uh, this couple place. trips, like multiple barbecues or oh, trips well, where? we were, I went down on Sunday to Brick, and then Monday, like Brick City. No, like uh, Brick, New Jersey. Okay, okay, Brick okay. Township. Okay. <laughs> in particular, <laughs> you're glad. Uh, but uh, then I went to Philly on Sat on uh, Monday rather. Um, we went to this place called Morgan's Pier. Okay. Um, and it was fun. They had like, some good drinks. You know, they had this, this like, specialty, uh, like, frozen drink. And it was, like, uh, almost, like, I guess, same colors as the American flag. Gotcha. It was mad. Super good. Super good. Good, yeah, good spot right by the water. It's on Penn's Landing. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. How about you? Again, another weekend of just staying low. Build. And build. Um, but, um, well, Memorial Day itself, uh, I went back home Sunday. Sunday, me and my mom, Duke, chilled. Uh, hung out when I get some get some good food and all that stuff. Um, Sunday, cook my mom some breakfast. You know, I'm, I'm being a, I'm getting becoming a pro by making grits. You know, shrimp and grits. We breakfast did. makes perfect. So you know, I'll forget going to these brunches. I'm gonna make my own brunch spot. Right. You know what I mean? There you go. Um, and then um, they just chill. Again, goodies from Mom Duke. She cooked. Um, but other than that, this is. Going to the beach and all that stuff ain't really my my forte. It's not just these. Yeah, and right now I don't got the beach bod yet, so uh, there goes that. So that's that's like an excuse. I don't have to go out. Oh, so that's so, what it is. I, yeah. I've, I've done like an entire one eighty on like the beach because like growing up as a kid, like, I used to hate the beach because like I didn't like the toes in my sand and stuff or, or toes in sand, my sand. sand in my toes. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> had to flip it in reverse. It. Um, you ain't coming in my sand, but. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, but uh, I, I love the beach now. Any chance I get, I think it was just the beaches I was going to wasn't maybe the cleanest. So then I was like a little bit turned off to it. But now I get to, you know, the more, uh, you know, the little cleaner spots. But so is that saying yeah. that you went to the beach? No, not recently. No, oh, but I, oh, okay. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Greatly. Got it. Got it. Indeed. Did you do anything? Um, Just chilled. I went to my parents' house and we were like cooking out. Um, threw some things on the grill, threw some crabs, Damn. some shrimp, some burgers. Damn, no invite. That's crazy. Yeah, y'all are always welcome. Oh, why? Like, <laughs> well, first of all, I saw. Well, first of all, I saw that you were away at your mom's house. So when when did you see that? On your gram. When 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 do you see that though? It was on IG. It was on your stories. I ain't post nothing like that. So. Yeah, you, but you posted something where I know that. Surrounding was, was like not, t- it was yeah, not near your house. TV. It was the Pee Wee. I know that was not near your house. Cool. So therefore, I was like, cool. "Oh, he's back home." Cool. B merch, you know, I, if B merch was home, I should probably should have hit. You know, yo, he and Defer swing through mob, but you know, it is what it was. That's crazy. But next year, I mean, Fourth of July, anytime, you know, I was, I was, you know, flipping, you know, handling my business on the grill. You know what I mean? Didn't have open toe shoes, but. <laughs> It is what it was. You, ain't, you ain't that level of, of yeah, grill yeah, master. Yeah. How good was it? I gotta get my game up. No, but it's always good spending time with the family. My little brother came through, him and his girlfriend, and my mom and pop. We just had a good old time. Got brought some food back. Obviously, gotta have the leftovers, but mm-hmm. solid. 
So uh, we're about to jump into it a little bit. The first thing that kind of caught my eye over the weekend was Bronny, and I didn't. I just heard about this like um, my girl showed me, but uh, Bronny, who's LeBron James' son, I think he's like sixteen now or something like fourteen, that. fourteen, part fourteen, got to be fifteen maybe. But yeah. he had, or I think he just got his social media, or he just got an Instagram. Yep. I guess like after at his fourteenth birthday, he was allowed to finally get an Instagram. Um, and then the first thing he's like going viral for like saying going on a some wild, some <laughs> wild stuff. Yeah, I was like. First of all, I was like, yo, that's not that's not it. But what did y'all think about that? And then as a larger picture, do you think that uh, – now, it may be different because he's obviously the, the son of a all-time great basketball player. But what time do you think is the appropriate time for your children to be on social media? I don't know. I, I think it's more so to the uh, maturity, maturity of the kid itself. Um you just never know, cause in this day and age, you need it. You kids are getting phones now earlier, so with social media and stuff, it's kind of hard to you know monitor it. I mean, you could say you know check their phone every so often, make sure they don't have an account. Doesn't mean they ain't making one on their own, right? Cause I, I definitely the, had the a Finsters now, right? Yeah, Finsters. I, I mean, didn't even know about that. Yeah, that's a little like, weird, though. That's not that's not cool. They do like a do like a fan page or something yeah. like a fake fan fan page. I feel like a lot of people do that. Though. But go ahead. Yeah, no, but like I mean, I, I made a MySpace prior to I think my mom knowing. Right. But I don't think it's like the same type of social media how it is now. Um, so I think it's something where you have a rapport with your kid on, because at the end of the day, I think they to be success not successful to be okay in in school. I think they definitely need a, a Instagram or some type of social media before high school. Because if they, if they, your kid's the one without it, you might get clowned on. I don't know how it works now, but you might be outside the loop of certain things if you don't have a social media. Yeah. I, so. I think it, it was because it's crazy how, like, I mean, I mean, I think it's just like any other phase when you were a kid. Like, you know, you see everybody around you doing it. But yeah. then as you get older, sometimes you feel like it's not, it's not really a necessity. Like, it's cool to have, but it's not like, all right, like, I got to be hip. I got to be on point with this. You know what I mean? Right. And... I think, like you said, it kind of speaks just to the level of maturity that your child has and uh, how you raise them um, right. as far as what you're instilling in them is most important. I'm um, not saying that they're not, you know, they can't, I guess, get off that track with just like with anything else. But, you know, you just don't want it to get to the point where they're using, they're basically basing their social media off of a lot of things that to dictate, you know, what they're doing with their, like, academics yeah. or, like, just, you know, extracurriculars and things like that. So... I mean, in LeBron, in his case, Bronny Jr., I mean, he's, I think we can say he's, I mean, he's getting a little bit more uh, well-known off his own merit, but I think obviously most of the, the fan base or followers that he does have is, you know, because of his father's merit. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I mean, I would hope that, you know, LeBron James not letting his son get so caught up on the social media wave yeah. that he's getting away from what's important to him. So And then that's, again, right, the, hopefully LeBron is telling, teaching him, how to maneuver now being a, a local a celebrity now. Right, exactly. And, and nobody would know better than him, right? I right. mean, he was famous at 16, basically. Yeah. He was His games were nationally televised while yep. he was in high school. Yep. So nobody would be able to better navigate it um, than him, especially him sort of coming up in an age where things started to get a little more toward the Internet, obviously not to the way that they are now. But, you know, he'll, he'll show him how to move. Obviously, I think this was like a little bit of a misstep. But, you know, it's like, dang, you give it to him. He, like, literally just got it, and now he's already wilding one, on One mil. Media, I think right? he's the youngest kid yeah. to get one mil followers. Yeah, I guess. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Cute. 
Oh, uh, I mean, they're making up statistics. Yeah, right I mean, if, if LeBron yeah. was smart, they need to hire somebody to run his page, run his account. They Ronnie. said apparently uh, now apparently that's what they said about Lamelo. Like Lamelo said, yeah, he, he doesn't run he his doesn't account. Run his own page. So and there, yeah, I was watching some overtime video. Yeah, right, and the girl exactly. was like, "Yo, follow me back." He's like, it was a uh, uh, Newman. The yeah, dude, the girl, the, right? Yeah, New, uh, Julian Newman's younger sister. Yes, said, yes. Yeah. And she was like, "Follow me." He's like, "Look, I don't run my own account. Yeah, he got six point five million followers." Right. So, so. that's what LeBron, Ronnie, need to do. Just get someone to run his account. You know. Cause then I'm telling you, I can only imagine if I had a million followers right now, and I'm getting the, the crazy slide in the DMs and people hitting me up. That's a lot to deal yeah, with, is, especially being is. so young. Yep. Like that's cr- that's nuts. Imagine oh, them DMs is looking or in shambles. Because uh, especially you, LeBron's kid, I'm yeah. just trying to people trying to catch him up. Right, yeah. that's a fact. Like, but you can't catch a 14 year old kid up. Why right? not? He had puberty. He had puberty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but come on. Hey, I've seen. I'm sure there are crazier things that happen. But sheesh, that's all. But I mean, in this day and age, like you said, so like he's probably going to have action. Look, I'm still looking at some of his followers. There's grown women following. He only, oh, he only a freshman in high school. Yo, I'm freshman sh- in high school. And not even yet. He even start yet, oh, right? Yeah, he... But look, I'm shooting if I'm Bronny. Shooting, mm. literally. Wow. Mm. Not like shoot. I'm talking about. I'm, just, I'm in the DMs. Like I'm. Like I'm saying. Wait, I'm oh, no. but it's, like, it's, it's nothing. No shooting for you to do. They shooting at you. Right. Though, you're right. You gotta. You still gotta slam dunk oh, it on. Oh, okay. I mean, so uh, they lobbing. Yeah. Right. What's gotta, up? You gotta slam. Like, home. They throwing the box. You gotta hit the box, oh, right? Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. That's good. Congrats to you, young young king. I, yeah, I wish him the best, I, and I like the kid too. He seems like a really nice kid. You know, wish him you know much success in his future endeavors. Um, another thing, yeah. go, no, go ahead. so did y'all? So is he's technically an influencer now. What are you talking about? Why wouldn't you be? So you you know I don't know like so influencer meaning like. If you have a certain amount of followers on on social media, you talking about that blue check, like yeah, like, well, I, well, that as well, that also comes with it. But now, like you know, people may be hitting him up for ads to do, or he posts something. I'm giving. I mean, yeah. So right. now the thing with that is he's got to be careful because you can't accept money yeah. in, in certain circumstances, or else you risk your eligibility right. through basketball. I'm right? sure his so. pop is uh, LeBron's definitely in his ear. Like LeBron, I don't think he would. I'm, I'm sure that Le, I'm sure that Bronny is is going to get some things that where obviously LeBron's not going to be able to see it mm-hmm. like himself right then and there. But I think the way that he's raised him, from what I've seen, mm-hmm. and you know, from the things that we saw on like the videos and everything, he would if something like that came up, he'd be like, "Yo, Dad, like, you know, yeah, like, someone hit me, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah." And I think. Um, that he, by the time he gets to the NBA or NBA age, maybe the rule might even be changed, right? So it might not even be. And he don't even need. It's not like he need money at this point. Like he's he's straight. But, but it's about building your brand and building your empire, right? And so having your own money. He exactly, got precisely. He look. He could he could live off look, just hypothetically speaking. Not saying he wants to, but he could live off his dad's empire until he like. <laughs> Of course you could. 30, basically. You, you also you I'm, not that? That? I'm not saying oh, you want to, but I'm just saying, you know, there's no think, need for him to rush when he's in high school. Sure. You know what I mean? And I think about Jay and Beyonce, though. Jay, uh, uh, Baby Blue, she was technically featured on one of their tracks, like, as a baby, right? Yeah. So, like, that's money that's going into her pocket. She's technically accredited on their songs. So that's they, money that's going into her own bank account. They also don't have to worry about anything with regards to eligibility. I mean, unless she's trying to hoop. Sure, like, sure. <laughs> right. It's like um, uh, DJ Khaled, where he's putting things in his son's name, my yeah. son's name. So right. he's saying, look, you trying to build... And he, in the interview, he's saying, he said, look, I want to build his legacy, his empire early. Because if I'm passed away, everything goes to him anyway. Right, Why right. not start putting his yeah. name now? From Jump Street. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Speaking of DJ Khaled, mm. another artist that was on his 
album that came out recently. Meek Mill has been in tabloids. We got work on the side. Wait, what? I don't you know see, where you was I going. I'm trying to make the connection there. It did. It did fit. Either way, we're talking about Meek Mill. Meek Mill um, was, I guess, he was in Las Vegas and he was banned from the Cosmopolitan uh, Hotel, I believe. And he really wasn't given an explanation for him being banned uh, from this establishment. He was trying to go up there and get something to eat, uh, I guess, was sort of what they were alluding to. Or when he, I heard a, a snippet of his back and forth with some of the security. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. saying, oh, if I, I can't go up in there to just to grab a bite to eat or something like that. And they kept feeding him <coughs> the same line. You know, this is a private property. We have the right to refuse entrance to people that we, you know, deem fit or, right. or that we don't want to have in here. Yeah. So they yeah. couldn't really give him an answer as to why he wasn't allowed. Um, but what what else do you guys have on this? So he was going to the hotel to support DJ Mustard. Okay. Um, so, and I guess there, I guess in this hotel, there's a nightclub called Marquee. Um, and that's where he was headed up to. Um, and they kind of stopped him right there yeah. in the video. And, and I could be wrong, but I think he had an incident or something, him or somebody that he rolls with had an incident prior at this place. So I guess they're trying to prevent any uh, future altercations, probably. They, they said, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's well, they what... Said, they said that they uh, maintain, apparently, like, the whoever the head of this guy, his last name is Ta- Taco Pina. He said that the Cosmopolitan maintains a list of African-American recording artists who should be denied access for no other reason than their culture and skin color. And who said that? That's what this guy. That's what this uh, this guy said. Uh, um, oh, that's oh, excuse me. That's Meek Mill's lawyer. I'm sorry. I'm gonna that's say, that's hard. To, I'm sorry. To yeah, prove, that's right. Meek Mill's lawyer that's saying right. that. And, um, and to that point, he is yeah. pursuing litigation. Um, right. Pro- probably civil. Yeah. Uh, like a civil lawsuit. Um, but yeah, I you know heard it and I thought it was unfortunate. Um, what I. They, what I didn't like was that the fact that they they made a statement saying, as a matter of company policy, we don't comment on legal matters. They said our guest safety and security always remain our top priority. Now, like you said, it could be based off of another incident that he maybe had before then, where there was some violence that happened. I mean, I I don't. They didn't reference any sort of um, situation like that necessarily in the article that I'm reading. But you know, if that happened, then I mean, I can understand that. But I think. If, if that's not the case, then I'm like, all right, so, like, what possible security issue could you have if he was going there just to support another per- person who's actually in the music industry and DJ Mustard? Right. So. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, they're able to sort of get something out of this. Um, you know, I th- it's unfortunate that, you know, it, it seems like a almost maybe a little bit of stereotyping. I don't know if they had, he didn't have, like, an incident with this particular hotel previously. I, that, was, that's what the rumor is. They're okay. saying, I don't know if it's actual. Act, Actual or not, but you gotta think about when I'm not now, but like when you were a young rapper, probably back in the day, and you roll with a big policy. I don't know if that's the case, but you know, they probably didn't want to prevent something like that from ever happening again. It's just unfortunate. It's like, oh shoot, Meek Mill's here. Oh no, let's turn him down. You know, it's, it's hard to keep track. I mean, he is a public figure, so maybe that's easy, uh, easy one to deny. Maybe it's maybe it's his politics now that he's you know in the media. I don't know. But either way, I mean, if you don't pose, if, if you don't, if you're not posing a physical threat, I mean, I, I mean, they're a they're a private company, so they have the right to refuse business to whoever they want to. But you know, you, I just don't think that it's right to do it based on somebody else's merit. Because I don't, like I said, I think they would have mentioned in the article that I'm reading because I'm reading this off the off of NBC News. I mean, I think they would have put in there if it was something that he did prior. At this particular well, hotel, that might be saving it for the the the, the legal yeah. battle. 
That's why. Sometimes you don't want to give your Trump card out to the media because it gives people time to combat that, probably. Well, well, I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, a lot of the times in media, they try to get stuff that are actually going to present a case for those people that are denying African Well, you try. People. But, like, so, example, when you're about to be in a legal battle, sometimes you hear a lot of people, yo, there's certain things we can't speak on right now. We're going through the, the legal phases right now. Certain, uh, once it's all said and done and, it, and it's presented to the court, then it's public knowledge at that point. I get it. But, but how many times how many times have we seen in media before where they put out stuff to to to, to defend themselves in the case? When well, you can. you can. You can. I'm saying, but we've, we've seen that in the past. So I'm just a little I'm a little like speculative of, of them withholding that if that was the case. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. But. Speaking of Las Vegas, if you take a quick three-hour drive, you'll be in Los Angeles, which is where we move to for our next news story. Keys. Rob Palenka in the Los Angeles Lakers. The, the Apparently, can you take it over? Them segways, wow. Okay, but he's trying though, because my segways ain't no segway. So okay, you know, we're trying to interweave it. It's okay. We're, okay, we're working I like out it. The case. We're working it. So, like so right now. take it. That's probably going to pick up on my <laughs> We're in the midst of a thunderstorm right now. The world, the world is ending out. <laughs> no outside. days off, man. Yeah. Tornado watch and all that. But uh, Los Angeles Lakers and uh, Rob Palenka in particular are uh, kind of in a little bit of sort of the murky or muddy waters because Rob Palenka, there was an ESPN article uh, that came out. I think it was the, entitled The Lakers 2.0 and basically how this – um, you know, endeavor or, or experiment with the baby Lakers has uh, gone badly. So basically, the one of the stories out of this is that Rob Palenka, who is now the is he the GM? Yeah, the GM for the Los Angeles Lakers. He was a long time. He worked with Kobe Bryant for like eighteen years. That was he was his agent. Yep. And uh, he's uh, well known in the biz, uh, kind of infamous in the biz for stealing people's clients, being a pathological liar. And one of the stories that came out was that uh, Kobe Bryant was uh, uh, interested in the Joker, uh, Heath Ledger, yeah. playing the Joker, and the intensity that you know he got for that role. And he just wanted to sit with him and sort of you know get whatever he could off of uh, you know Heath like Ledger he before he, role, yeah. correct how um, he locked in <laughs> correct. Uh, however, when Rob was telling us, Rob was saying that he, you know, hooked up this meeting between the two. However, uh, the timeline for when he said that he linked up the meeting was after the Heath Ledger had passed, passed away, away. Yeah. Right. already. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't bode well. Did you guys read the article and did any of it sort of, uh, you know, catch your interest or stick out to you? Yeah, I read the whole thing. I was like, when is this article going to end? Because it was just like everything, it, long, everything it, was just, it was just piling up, like one thing after another. I mean, it was, I mean, the first part they started talking about was Magic Johnson. I mean, Magic, I mean, he definitely is the type of guy, uh, we talked about this before, I think, where he gets a lot of his, a lot of his business, um, from what a lot of people have said just around him and that worked with him before, is kind of he gets it off of like his charm and his like, uh, he's like very charismatic sometimes the way he talks to people and you know he it's like sometimes you know he's magic he's Hollywood you know he likes to be just like the the face of everything in a way um, and a lot of that kind of came into place when he was you know in the GM spot you know where he kind of wanted to come in and kind of just do his own thing but he feels like he felt like a lot of stuff he inherited. Mm -hmm. As opposed to him and, you know, Palenka starting from scratch. So, like, they said, like, you know, he was kind of ruling, like, with an iron fist in a way with the organization. Yeah, and it was sound sounding kind of like he wanted to be, like, feared a little bit. I remember reading yeah. a little bit of article and he was 
pointing upstairs. It said he pointed upstairs and was like, if y'all don't agree with anything that, you know, I have going on, I have a stack of resumes right. upstairs right. and I'm willing to clean house and this, that, and the third if you're not on board. So it doesn't sound like magic, but obviously people have a private and a public persona, right? Yeah. His public persona is very jovial, yeah. um, very uh, entertaining, charismatic, yeah. right. magnanimous. Right. Um, but then in, in private, maybe he's a little bit of a you know a, a, a rule with the iron fist type of guy. They so. said the turnover rate for the Lakers, I think, since he took over up until you know recently, Ace had like a 37 percent turnover rate oh, wow. or something like that. Mm. You know. I mean, that Rob Palenka story is hilarious. I, I was reading that, and I was like, yo, this is comical. Just because I – and I'm going to shoot him some bail, but sometimes to motivate your young guys, you tell a story, and sometimes you may exaggerate the truth or just kind of you put two and two together just to kind of to, – to expire. And I think he did that with the whole, man, like, I set up a meeting with him and Heath Ledger just to, you know sh- – just to see that intensity in that role, you know, how you, when you're in, 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 in acting mode or in the season, you just kind of have to go to a place and lock in, be a killer, get that black mamba well, mentality. I, he I get that, but what, how is that going to translate to basketball? Like, so to lock it in, lock it in. You know, being but, able but to. It, but is that more of a story about what he did, Rob Palenka did personally in hooking that up? Or Kobe. is it about Kobe's, Kobe's, Kobe's intensity? Because yes. I think there are a number of stories that Kobe is not with that, uh, you know, short of stories about his intensity. So you could have just chosen a real story about how right. intense he was. I don't think you need to make that up uh, to show that how right. intense Kobe was. Or, no, no, sure. or you could have just said that they never got the chance to meet up, but the fact that he was so intrigued with that Joker role. I.e., you know, got him locked in and was, and he wanted to match, match, uh, wanted to match that type of intensity well, with and, his own game. And to also put into context, Dwayne the Rock Johnson was there. Yeah, right, right. So yeah. I don't know if he was there because again they were trying to use that correlation of how Dwayne the Rock Johnson, whether his workouts. Uh, when he prepares for a role, but why did he have to lie about it? It's a thing. Well, you could you could have easily just said they, you could have just said they literally was were going to meet up, but unfortunately we know what happened, and then yeah. just kind of segue that into saying that hey he he admired Heath Ledger's uh, intensity so much to the point that he asked me to meet to schedule a meeting. So perfect example. The problem would have been with that. You remember the Titans? Oh, here we go. Okay, go on. <laughs> when he was giving that speech to his team, when Denzel was talking, he said, 15 brothers and sisters." I have 15 brothers and sisters. I was the youngest out of all of them. And he goes on the speech, how they relied on me, the blah, blah, blah. And then his assistant coach said, you have 15 brothers and sisters? He said, no, I had eight. He said, oh, 15 sounds better. Sure. You know, so it kind of exaggerated oh, the truth, God. a lot a little bit to kind of emphasize. But a, I can oh, exaggerate it. He's not a coach. You <laughs> are a GM. Your job is to buy the groceries. Wow. That, that's, the, that's the extent of your job. Your job ain't to motivate. Your job ain't to, to run the plays. Your job ain't to uh, set screens. None of that. I just need you to get the right guy, collection of guys on a team with their, uh, you know, chemistry, uh, talent, etc. Buy the groceries. Let the coach handle the coaching. I don't, I don't need that from you. I don't need. It. Did you? You didn't play in the league. Let Magic do the motivational stuff well, like was, that. Oh, when I was, when I was playing with with Kareem, you know, and I and he was hurt, and I had to play right. all one through five right. against the Sixers in the finals, and I was a rookie. Next man up. You, you know what that took, yeah. right? Let Magic do that. Rob, I don't need you to make it up. Uh, co- you know, concoct <laughs> stories to try and motivate our team. You can't. You can't. You can't Wait, play. You on. can't play devil's advocate. No, with it's not. You can't, you can't but, do this, bro. No, but Rob this. is a guy. I'm assuming Rob that that he's a guy that. Was very close to to Kobe Bryant. Sure, 
right? His agent, his you know, a confidant probably, okay. uh, probably he saw him grow up from when he started the league to when he sure, retired in the league, right? Sure, sure. So you would think this guy has a, a ton of stories. So no to to give or, or just or just to say like you I don't know again so again why do I reference that one so think about it, but you, you don't think you don't think people would ask you know this guy about like yo how did Kobe do it man like, and and maybe he don't have a story to correlate to a particular situation and he kind of had to exaggerate a little Bro, bit stop playing devil's advocate for this you, you don't you don't think that's okay <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate you trying to trying to make a case for it look and then, I just and, think he's a pathological liar from everything I've heard he's a slimy agent so, who steals from but, steals other so, clients so, from. People in the business, and there was another one that came up too that I was that was entertaining to me. He said so. Apparently, during the season last year, um, he would come into the locker room a lot during the halftime and pregame yeah, when yeah. Luke Walt was like giving his speeches or when he was like trying to motivate his team or whatever. And a lot of times, from a player standpoint, like you know, there's certain things that you may voice to your coach that you don't want to you know necessarily get to have your GM here because it's like he's the one cutting your checks. You know what I'm saying? So. It was a, it was kind of like something that was implied because I guess the players weren't responding as much to like when he was talking to him like Luke Walton was talking to him when Palinka was in there. Mm-hmm. So he said, "Hey, you know, he, I guess Luke Walton pulled him aside like at some point in the season and said, "Hey, like Rob, you know, do you, do you mind, you know, if if it's okay just to you know stay out, you know, when we're at, actually doing pregame at halftime, like you know, like." I'm here to do their job, you know, from a player standpoint. It's just something that I got to do just to kind of run my locker room, you know. And he also, just as, like, I guess, like, an extra, like, layer to it, he brought up how Bob Myers, the GM for Golden State, mm-hmm. never did that when he was in Golden State. And, you know, the, you, know you, see, you see the correlation, how that team turned out. Right. So he said that to him, and I guess uh, that was, like, I guess at halftime of some sort, so one of the games. So then he came back later and was trying to come in to, like, the pregame. Mm-hmm. And he, Luke was like, yo, was like, you know, I thought we talked about this. I thought we were on the same page. So he was like, yeah, I called uh, the Golden State Warriors. And, uh, yeah, they said, uh, since you left, you know, actually Bob Myers does go into the uh, locker room. So I'm going to continue to do oh it. And I'm like, <laughs> apparently that, that whole, that's, that's, that's actually false, according to multiple sources. Like, that doesn't happen at all mm-hmm. with the Warriors organization. But just another... Example of like why you lie why you gotta lie right you ain't got the lie Rob <laughs> uh, Rob Palenka Kobe's dude Kobe looked up to Jordan Jordan the pride of UNC oh look that brings us to North Carolina rapper the <laughs> baby <laughs> you see how I did come on man oh my man I'm nice boy anyway oh, North Carolina God. rapper the baby was shopping in Louis Vuitton over this weekend he went to USC <laughs> oh. he's from North Carolina. <laughs> He uh he was in shopping in Louis Vuitton. Yep. And there was a gentleman by the name of Cole something. I don't know. Uh, don't care. We don't even need to justify this man by yep. giving his name. But either way, the baby was in Louis Vuitton. A, a gentleman started videotaping him, basically sort of berating him, calling him the B word. Um, you know, other uh, epithets. Yep. And basically saying that he wasn't going to do anything. Um, and then the baby proceeds to start to take off his jewelry and say, yo, hey, come over here and, and, and check out, like, get buy your stuff. And the guy doesn't want to get any closer. And he continues to curse at the baby, calling him everything but a child of God <laughs> while he's videotaping him. And then the next thing you know, we see, we see some swings. Uh, apparently, the baby and the boy, the his friend that he was with, uh, proceeded to beat the brakes off of this dude <laughs> that was recording him. 
uh, to the point where the baby is after they engage in all physical altercation that the baby starts recording the gentleman uh, who is bloodied in the face and also has his pants around his ankles yep. at that point saying like this is what happens when you mess with me this that and the third I told y'all stop playing with me y'all don't want none of the smoke stop messing with me leave me alone I don't know why people are trying this man still yeah uh, I think what is the term that people use nowadays? Clout chasing Probably. is that the the, the term? Mm, I guess. Hope oh, I said it right. That's what the kids say. Oh man, um, this is a clout chasing one on one video because just because you see somebody famous, you know, it's cool. You want to try to take a picture with them. I think he was trying to do that at first or something, uh, but now you're recording and, and and trying to act all tough and be like, yeah, yo, the baby hills, you know, I got him. I mean, and that's a little corny. And especially because like sometimes you think these 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 celebrities is not gonna respond. Right. Uh, the baby said, "Oh, I'm with all the smoke." All of that. Now why, I, why I really act like I ain't from the hood. Now I really <laughs> wish he didn't do this and then record it though, because uh, if legal matters are getting taken, that's uh, that's, that's yeah, oh, he's, he's liable for a lot of this stuff right now. Yeah. Sure. Um, but I, I don't know what that dude was gaining by recording and pulling up with this dude and then. You know, I was about to, you know, we, I guess he was trying to showcase that maybe they shop at the same store. Well, apparently they said that they had already had like an exchange back and forth online. And so like, apparently this guy is also a rapper in North Carolina. So yeah. they had maybe some beef prior. And so when this guy saw the baby in Louis Vuitton, he felt like this was the opportunity for him to air out his grievances. Uh, and then he got aired out. Uh, he proceeded to so, get aired out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. This is the baby got a track record now, but it just sounds like I mean the What's more okay. the more he showcases this, it's gonna be another person that's gonna keep trying him. I just don't think that he should. I mean, I, look, here's my thing. One, he should the one the one dude shouldn't have tried to do that. If he said I don't want to take a picture with you, or I don't want to be around you, or whatever the case may be. But just get your get your belt, whatever you get in your wallet, I don't know, whatever you're doing, and just get out the store. Like there's no reason for you to for you to do that other than what you were saying earlier with this right, cop chasing. Right. And then baby, like you said, I think he I mean, it's hard to say be cognizant of the fact that this may be something that the court bring up later. In that sure. particular instance, because I don't, we don't know like the history that they have with each other. So also, he could maybe plead self defense because the guy was provoking him, and then I don't know if he, I don't know who swung first or yeah. what have you. But um, it's unfortunate because apparently the baby has some good music, oh, um, but he's involved he's in a lot, right of, a lot of um, altercations. And one involved in a Walmart where he ended up shooting and killing a gentleman. Um, another one in his, I think it was a home invasion. Or I don't know if he killed the person in Walmart. I think he might have shot them. But there was exchange of gunfire there. But then I think in the home invasion, when somebody tried to invade his home, I think that uh, that was when uh, that, that death all... Either way, he's he been involved just, yeah. with a lot of guns, and a lot of fights. got off a lot of, a lot, a lot a lot of, of times. times. Yeah. I, I think with, the, with his case, though, is like, if you was defending yourself, why you put, why you like pretty much like defacing the dude in public? How do you mean? Like, he, like, like uh, or not defacing, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like defaming the dude, right? And the, you, are you talking about after he beat him up? Yeah, after he beat him up, you gotta let other motherfuckers know. Yeah, but that's not good. Like it's just like, well, yo. The, but the adrenaline's pumping. Like this dude just tried you. He tried to swing on you, 
after you and your mans beat them up, it might be a lot of adrenaline right. coursing through your veins. And you might just want to be like, yo, I don't want nobody to get it misconstrued. Like, I don't want no problems, right. but if you bring problems to me, this is how they get handled. Especially because the video footage is, is, is the of the one dude right now coming crazy, so you don't got the other side of the footage. Yeah, but I'm saying, so like, I, I'm, I need say, to... I'm saying, if you was defending yourself, you would just defend yourself, be out. Like, it's yeah, no, no, it's, no, no, no. I, I, you gotta let people know. Right, because right, so, if, if, if he gonna do right. it publicly, we gonna have to do right. it publicly. Because then, it, like, so let's say it happens the way that you said, and you only have the one side of the coin where it's showing that dude cursing at the baby, calling him everything outside his name, and then the baby beats the dude up, but the baby doesn't record what happens to the dude. People gonna be like, oh, the baby's one to be tried. Yeah. Oh, I could try the baby like that. Hypothetically. And I'm, I'm just saying, in this hypothetical yeah, situation yeah. where it's only one-sided, that's the only side that they see. They're going to try them anyway. And, and, right. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what it sounds like. Look, yo, the baby, just you hire some bodyguards, make, keep making good music. Honestly, that's, that's probably the best thing you could you should do. I get it. You're a you're young CEO. You're young Suge. I get it. But young you got to relax. <laughs> All right. Your money's going gonna, gonna to get expensive to start booking you some places. You know they. Who knows? Who but knows? I don't know if he's been. Well, he might turn into a Meek Mill. Because right now, I don't think he has any like rap sheet. But I, I could be wrong. No. But I don't know if he has any pending cases. No, no. But I'm just saying. But just, just uh, I think just promoters that, that do their Google. Right. right. Oh, no, you shot somebody. Fair. Oh, you you getting tried at a Walmart? You getting tried here? You know. So that's all. I have another segue. It says we're on North Carolina. Nah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um. I was watching the news, and um, something that came to my attention is in North Carolina. That's some a segue. You like the segue, right? <laughs> just something calm, chill. Well, first, I laid it up for him. Yeah. Did you see how I did that? Bro, you I, the oop for I, I, I put it at the rim. I threw it off the board. Yeah. I got us to North Carolina. Are you kidding me? I got us to US. I, I appreciate that. I'm appreciate it. It's that. like that Drake meme. You see this? All this here? This wasn't here before we were. We created this. Anyway, go on. Since we're in the great state of North Carolina. So, uh, apparently, the, uh, the lawmakers in North Carolina are, like, re- revisiting um, their consent laws. Mm-hmm. So, right now, um, it's uh, once a sex act has begun, you cannot withdraw consent. Uh, state lawmakers are considered a bill that would change the criteria for consent. So, they still are reviewing that. We don't know if it's going to be in a good or bad way. But as of, you know, right now, it's like a question mark because it's saying, hey, if a person's two people are engaging in sexual acts, that's giving consent. Now you cannot change your mind in any way, shape, or form. So now it's like, even if the uh, one of the parties do not want to continue, the other party can continue because that's the, you already gave me consent, so we're slow for that. Um, so... I just saw that interesting and, you know, going with these lawmakers in these different areas with the abortion bans and now, like, North Carolina revisiting certain consent rules. Just weird. I mean, uh, those states, I mean, those states have, like, we just talked about kind of last week with the whole thing with the abortion. A lot of those southern states are kind of, like, like, traditionally, we'll say they cater to, we'll say, the white male population with a lot of things. You know, I mean, just that's just history. Just history has shown that. And I mean, to be honest with you, I think this just goes to show that there are still some roots with that in certain cases. Cause I mean, I think the cold consent law, I mean, granted, you know, I think it's realistically can protect both uh, genders. I think it's more specifically in place to protect women, you know, in those type of situations. And, you know, the fact that they have that in place, it's like, dang, it's like, like, what was y'all, like, where, where was y'all heads at? Like, you know, 
But yeah, I think it's a delicate situation. Obviously, um, anytime you're talking about uh, you know consent during sexual acts, um, I think not allowing for somebody to withdraw consent is difficult because once you you might be feeling a, a certain vibe in the beginning and then you start to feel uncomfortable uh, you know a woman should feel safe enough to express that and then still be able to sort of get out of that situation right um, I do think it's a little bit tricky in situations where um, for instance, like one of the things that they teach are teaching now, especially in colleges, is um, an enthusiastic yes, um, where in the partner, I guess, initiating the sort of sexual act has to ask specifically um, to do a particular act to the other party. For instance, may I kiss you now? And then you have to wait for an enthusiastic yes. Mm -hmm. May I um, go down on you? Uh, you have to wait for it, yeah. So like everything, like I just don't think that's how actual, you know, sexual relations between two consenting adults. I don't think that's how it happens, really. Mm -hmm. If we're just being real about it, I don't think. I mean, I, I can only speak from my experience, but I feel like that's something that's really kind of out of the ordinary. So for to expect that to be the norm, I think is a little bit too far. But you know, it. it I think the. I think it. I think it's good that we're visiting and starting to have these talks and dialogues because. Um, sex is something that is happens, you know, quite frequently between consenting adults, and it's something that we frankly don't talk about enough about yeah. sort of what is consent or or what is the proper way to go about it. Um, so as long as we're opening the dialogue and having a, a proactive discussion on both sides, I think that's positive. Um, so I mean, that's really all I have to say about it. But it, it's difficult to know, right? Because yeah. you you never know how somebody will be feeling. So, some people might say that um, I gave a nonverbal um, no, right? Or I gave nonverbal cues. Well, if you, if it's nonverbal, how do, how right. is the other party supposed to be expected to know exactly what you meant by a particular right. gesture or nonverbal cue, quote unquote? So yeah. it's tough, difficult, no doubt. Yeah, it's a uh, very subjective type of thing when you talk about like the nonverbal communications and stuff like that. Because one person might be thinking one way, the other person might be thinking another way. So 100%. I think yeah, it's pretty clear cut to just say, hey, look, you know, I want to do this or I don't. So. Whatever. For sure. Excellent. Great, great first segment, guys. You guys are killing it. Very proud of you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back um, from our, our Hot Topic segment. You know, we are back with our debate discussion segment, you know. Uh, today's discussion, now, me and my fellow co-host are going to debarge in. No? Okay. Like Eldebar? Like uh, the uh, singer? All right, whatever. Partake in. So I think you mixed embark okay, and, whatever. and debate. There we I, go. I, I see, uh, I see where you're Okay. We're here. We're here. Okay. Um, it's about um, moving jobs. You know, uh, do we think it's beneficial to stay within a company uh, and move within a company first prior to going to another company? Or do we think it's better uh, for a career if you, you know, move from one company to another company in a shorter time frame? Um, and, and get that exposure that way. So, um, some opening, uh, segments to this, a point to this, this debate or topic is, you know, moving from uh, a company to a different company. Uh, it's a, a, a quicker way they say to move up on the pay scale, uh, because one company may not know what you're making at the other company. So when you go in and negotiate contracts, uh, you can set your bar. Hey, I want to make this amount of money. They either can accept it or not accept it or meet it mid midway. 
Um, usually when you apply to certain jobs, you, they even give you the benchmark of what they make. And again, you have that as leverage versus when you move within your own company, they kind of know where you make. They kind of can know, all right, well, we're only going to give you as much of an increase. And, and, and it kind of, you know. Um, they kind of marginalize it a yes, little more. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. some things. Any any thoughts? And you haven't had this discussion? Yeah. Oh, after you. Uh, I've had this discussion a couple times well, with my uh, my aunt and uncle at, um, from North Carolina. Since we talked about North Carolina, um, they uh, <laughs> great state. They um, go Tar Heels. Uh, yes, sir. You already know. There's a lot of teams in North Carolina. You already know. You, you know about the Tar Heels, but Dude. it's fine. Okay, okay. Um, so my aunt and uncle, they've been through the corporate uh, ladder, you know, in both of their careers before they actually came together and started their own business. And um, they kind of been coaching me through the years, just like what the best thing is to do or like just from their experience, like what they've done. And, um, you know, when you start talking about being at a certain place at a, for a certain amount of time, I mean, I think definitely, uh, you know, the suggestion I've always been told, not just from them, but from other people and professionals I've talked to is like the three to four year or, you know, three to four year time frame with, with certain company just so that you know you they know that you have um some sort of uh stain if you will um and you know how to um work your way through the different ranks even if you are going to a new company because like sometimes when you do go to another company and they see that you've only been in your role or whatever for like maybe like a year or even just like it's just with the company for like maybe like a year maybe a little less than two is kind of like, oh, well, what's making you leave now? You know, mm -hmm. like, you know, did you learn everything that, that it's going to prepare you to excel at our, at our, you know, at our company? You know, they're going to want to know a little bit more about what's going on as opposed to maybe when you're a little bit more established at three or four year time frame, you know, they can be like, okay, you know, he, he knows about the industry, you know, he knows maybe the ins and outs just from a general standpoint. Obviously, you know, when you go to a different company, you got to learn the different rules and regs and things of that nature and different processes, but you know they they more are, they are more solidified so that that may that way they'd be more willing to give you a little bit more money um, as opposed to if you're there you know maybe a little less time. No, I totally agree. I think that's a great point um, and some great advice that they imparted on you. Um, the way that I look at it is I I just took cues from my mother and her career um, and it, it's funny because I had both sides right. So my dad he worked for a company for thirty plus years same company for, for 30 plus years and was very well respected within that organization. Whereas my mom, she, every two, three years, she was at another company, getting another bump, and, and uh, she's basically like kind of a mercenary a little bit. She comes in, handles business, they you know love her, um, but then she leverages that position in order to you know get a bump from another company and has continually moved up the ladder um, in that respect. Um, at the place that she's at now, she's stayed for a little bit longer, but she always told me never let the grass grow under your feet. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I try and take into my uh, career right. um, in terms of just the, the different opportunities that I've had so far. I've already had um, three different roles in the same organization and I've only been with the company for four years, right? right. So that means every year or two, I'm, I'm moving, I'm learning a new skill set, um, I'm meeting a different group of people, expanding my um, my uh, base in terms of the people that I know and the relationships that I'm building. Um, so I think that's important. Um, as far as moving uh, to other organizations and companies, um, I think that's fine in terms of sort of, again, just leveraging sort of where you're at. Um, and also, I think that can be explained away, right? I think you can explain it because ultimately the question is going to be, and I've gotten this question just about even being at um, our company 
about, hey, it seems like every one or two years you move. Is right. there any reason for that where you're right. part of a rotation or something like that? Right. And I just say, no, I just wanted the opportunity to expand my skill set and learn different opportunities from different opportunities. So I think that's a way that something that could be sort of explained away. Uh, but some people look at it as a negative. Like, why is he not able to stick in one organization? Right. Is he a... Is he a um, you know, a hothead or a cancer to his team where he doesn't mesh well with other people. These right. are realistic questions that might come up about you. So right. I think you just have to ultimately have a, a proper explanation for that, and then it, it really shouldn't be a problem. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's also based on maybe the industry. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really well-versed in a lot of other industries yet, um, where, but I, I can see where staying with a company for a year or two in a particular role can you know that might all you need to do to get your foot in the door you know certain roles like hey you need two to three years of experience or one to two years yeah. before you can apply to a certain role type of thing so i can see it where hey after i got my little year experience now i'm apply to that big boy role um use that role you know because at the end of the day you you want to either go to a a position where you you enjoy it you find it enjoyable and you're comfortable there or you want to keep moving to a point where it's challenging you, right? Because uh, after you get to a certain point, you may not want to be a challenge as much, and you want some type of like job stability uh, and flexible hours and stuff. Where you, if you want to raise a kid and different nature of that nature, so um, it's like a tick for tap. I know personally for myself. I mean, from our company we work for, it's just I can see the benefit of staying with the company itself. And getting roles because they definitely promote uh, promotions within and you to move around within the organization. Mm -hmm. So I don't see that ever being an issue. Um, I do see a couple that then do take a big leap and, and apply for like a different role within a different company. Um, they do get a big bump, but then at what expense where now they hate the job. Right. Um, sometimes you always hear the grass isn't greener on the other side. Right. So you don't want to have the grass growing under your feet, but at the same time, that grass over there in the other yard ain't ain't as green either. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of it's kind of like it's a hit or miss sometimes. It's always beneficial if you have somebody that works in the organization that you're maybe applying to. Right. So that you, you better, know, you the kind of gives you a heads up, gauge like, hey, yeah, right. what you thinking? You know, they can be like, you know what, that might be a good fit. They do work long hours. Yeah. Hey, this is salary. The the employee compensation is good. Yeah. You know, well, any job, it's always good to make sure you're getting an idea of what you're getting yourself into because that's the last thing you want to do is get to a job and it'd be like yeah. completely left I mean the money might be there but like you know I, I mean I always say this is like money I mean honestly ain't really worth like your peace of mind or like you know mm. your sanity to be honest yeah. with you preach king you know what I mean at the end of the day snaps yeah. that's snaps what, all around that's, that's a fact I mean so I mean that's, that's it's good to do that with anything so it's like I'm in a role right now where like man hours are amazing I'm getting home early you know, I, I'm not really stressing at work. Right. You know, I enjoy coming in. I, I'm even at a point where I'm even getting in early just to put in some extra time in. Right. And um, so it, it's kind of hard to be like, damn, I, I don't want to leave this type of role. Right. But um, at the end of the day, like after I get to the point where I feel like I know yeah. the role, you know, hey, at the end of the day for me, it's a combination of I do want experience and exposure, but I need, it's all about the Benjamins too a little bit. So what's, you know? so what's the balance between comfortability and, you know, trying to make sure you're, I guess, in a way, keeping up with the Joneses? It's not, I wouldn't say mm. keeping up with the Joneses. I would say, well, th this for me personally, anytime, basically growth is uncomfortable. 
Right. In order for you to grow in your career, you have to constantly be challenging yourself and make yourself uncomfortable, right? Right. So it might be once you sort of get the, the gist of the job, maybe for like, I don't know, six months to a year, it, you can stay comfortable. Yeah. But after that, you don't want to get into a rut where it's like, oh, this job is so easy. I'm comfortable with what I'm making and what I'm doing. Like if that at that point, you're not growing anymore. Right. You're too comfortable, right? right. So I, I think it's, um, what was the, your question? Like what, what's what, the, the, like where's the balance? Right. Between like what at what point do you right. like, because I think you could still make yourself uncomfortable in terms of pushing yourself, but you everything else in your surrounding life could could bring you comfort. Like your your health could be good. Um, you could be eating the right things. You could be exercising. Like all of those things are good. I think in work life though, you kind of do want to give yourself a push because so, you don't want to stay stagnant. So then, like, so what what do you get to a point where maybe you get that one job where you are like you know what I'm okay for here to be at this role for like three to four years and like what do you, where you find that balance where I, I, I think that's fine I think you have to know yourself right like you have to know if alright well do I want to what, what are your goals and aspirations mm. are your, is your aspiration to continue to grow or once you get to like I don't know uh, a VP level or something like that are you just comfortable with you know um, making six figures a year having a house having a wife and kids having a family if you're uh, comfortable with that then fat, fat, kudos because mm. we all just have to I think we just have to live up to our 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 talk has to match our our walk right you know we have to if we say we want this well then our our walk has to match that so if, if your your wants are all the way up here or to and your your walk isn't meeting that, or yeah. your your effort is aren't meeting that, yeah. then, then you need to find a way to close that gap, right? Right. But if your your um, aspirations are at where your your walk yeah, is or where right. your your work ethic is right. at, then that's fine. And then you could just stay there and then work on other aspects of your life that will, will fulfill yeah, you. That's true. And then I also think for myself, I have like a a skill, or I like to say I, I think I do, where I find the positive. And anything that I do, mm-hmm. so I'm not the type where if I if I see a challenge or I feel like man like this job may be stressing me out, I don't run from it. I think you know I try to find a way where okay I'm gonna make this uh, achievable and something where it's not gonna stress me out. You know I, I like to find and overcome a job or a role where it's like I'm at the point where like you know what. Yeah. We, we we working we you know we gonna make this good you so, know so you got some backbone yeah you know, right because you know. they know because there's a lot of people especially they they try to say about millennials that we cave it's we jump right to the next job you know and we we're not uncomfortable we're uncomfortable with certain changes and certain rules yeah. and I, I want to disagree with that I think we're hardworking people as well yeah I so. I had a recent uh, situation in my in my particular department where like for example like they're they're switching a lot of different things. Um, as far as like the process and procedures, and uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie. You know, at first when I heard when I heard it, it was kind of like, wow, this is gonna be more of a challenge. But you know, and like of course, everybody in my group is usually is like a lot older than me. Um, you know, so they're kind of like, yo, we've been doing this for a certain week for a long time, and this is gonna create issues. And it's just like, you know, I I, I get that, but like I, I'm trying not to attack it with you know a mentality of like, all right, this is like impossible to do. It's like, nah, like. You know, this is what needs to be done. We just have to do it and make it work. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, I mean, I like to like carry that same kind of mentality as you were just talking about, just kind of finding the good. And 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 and, and with interviews, right? They always ask you, "What ha- did you do to make a process better?" Yeah. You know, different things that you can implement. And and to be honest, with you that's a, a kind of a, a skill to have, where you can implement something. Was like, yo, this was just gonna take us all day. I kind of simplified it. 
saving some time. You know, oh, they love to hear stories when you're doing something in a way where it makes it easier for other people to do and right. you, you figure something out. So, right. But I just found out that was an interesting topic that um that we had that I was discussing with somebody and I wanted to bring it to you guys and to our masses because I think that's something our listeners uh, probably are facing, yeah. uh, especially in this time of career, you know, being maybe a couple years into whatever career that they're in right. and just de- debating, hey, I'm not making as much money as I want. Let me jump over here or, hey, let me keep pushing through at this job and, you know, it's going to build up where now I have the, the years of experience on my resume and now that one promotion opens up for me mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. So I totally agree. I think it was a very worthwhile discussion. Yeah. Appreciate you for bringing that to our, our consciousness. Yeah. yeah, no, anytime from rags to riches. To bags a bitch. No, I'm saying I don't know. But uh, <laughs> you started yeah. so well. So well. <laughs> On that note, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with the water cooler. <laughs> and we are back with the Yup in the War podcast. Now we're about to get into our water cooler segment where we talk about our sports topics that are on the top of mind. Take it away, Dwizzy. Alright. Our reporting live from the basement. Um no, again, uh, I don't know. Whatever. We're working on it. We're working um, So, breaking news, it looks like um, Daryl Morey, uh, he says that they are looking to make roster improvements, and it says that everybody uh, is, is on the line but uh, James Harden. Uh, so, that means even Chris Paul. So, with that being said, um, uh, Jalen Rose had a hot take on his show. Where he was saying how he thinks that James Harden was purposely sabotaging Chris Paul so he couldn't have the production. Uh, meaning where Chris Paul was running a point instead of James Harden. Uh, James Harden would do stuff where like he's like walking up the court or he would just kind of go to the corner and just stand there. So now you're playing a four against five. So it looks like Chris Paul can't get it done type of thing. That's James Harden's fault. Be, be effective without the ball in your hand. Correct. So, with that being said, though, but it's like like you can't bitch James Harden or you probably ain't going to check James Harden. Like, yo, no, what's up I, with you? No, nah, I'm going to say something to him. Like, I, I well, mean, like, I mean, obviously you're not going to bench your best player, but I'm like, look, dog, like, that's why I was, we were just talking about this, too. It's like, you know, Curry, he, like, for example, just as an example, is a player that he can be, um, like, he, that's the reason why he can coexist with, like, a KD or something like that because he knows how to run off the ball and get open and make space for himself in other ways other than just having the ball in his hand. Right. So, like, it. I mean, I don't think that's the case, but, you know, if, if that is the case, I just think that says a lot about James Harden. Like, yo, that means you just don't know how to move without the ball. Especially because there was a rumor that said that uh, Chris Paul and James Harden got into, like, an argument. I don't know if it stemmed from this. I don't know if it's just passionate basketball talk, whatever the case may be. Who knows? Yeah, I think it's – I mean, ultimately, it just goes to – in. One of the things that people criticize James Harden for is just he's kind of selfish sometimes. He's selfish offensively because he dominates the ball. He takes a million dribbles. Uh, there was that stat where he had like 60 points and like zero of them were assists. So yeah. it's all him just dribbling and getting by his man. Um, and then defensively, he doesn't play. So like, how can you vote in uh, now retroactively? Obviously, he was scoring at a clip that we hadn't seen. You know, he's scoring like 35 plus. I think he averaged like 35 plus for the season. I think something like that. Something yeah, around yeah, that, yeah. which is astonishing. But then when you actually take a, a little bit of a step back from it and view it in his, to- his game, its totality, you know, the fact that he doesn't play defense, the fact that he's so ball-dominant and it doesn't necessarily help the rest of his teammates, you know, that those are really big things. So, like, I, I think John has definitely should have won the MVP. I think it will probably go that way. 
Um, but I, I was definitely on the bandwagon of saying, hey, give James Harden because he's scoring out of his mind. But now, in, in retrospect, I think he just, as a basketball player, wouldn't you hate to play with James Harden? Like, just a dude that just dribbles all the time and you just stand in the corner, Stuff. like, Look, and then you Stuff. do all the dirty work on defense. Like, if you're a PJ Tucker, cool. You, you just the dirty work guy. Look, it's like the dude, like, we have when we play ball. That's why they don't have be, stars on their team. Right. It is smart. And Chris Paul, it was like, as a, as a, or older star. What dude? Who, who's but like I'm talking about, like um, I'm just talking about. Don't we play on a team where some dude is like ball dominant, be giving us the ball fakes, thinking that we're gonna ah. get the ball in transition, and ah. we don't get it sometimes. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm ball no, dominant. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Who said you, Kyler? Whoa, well, whoa, we know, we know who you're whoa. alluding to. You wasn't talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was doing that on the fast breaks in the regular flow of half court offense. I, I move the ball around. I pass the rock. I don't Absolutely. dribble the ball out a million times. Absolutely, he doesn't. Yeah. No, I just wanted to throw that point yeah, out. Funny. Good, good job. Good job. Think about it. You're running a break with Kyler. Don't expect the ball. No, you must please don't. just get and, back on and deep. And then when you get it, I'm a bitch at you. Yeah, if, if it you don't, don't make if it. If you don't yeah. finish the layup, it, it yeah. is what it is. Because yeah, yeah. then the one time when I fake and then they play me and then I drop it off. Because all you gotta see, do is just go up or, strong, tap glass, finish. I don't play with dudes with. At elite athleticism. What, what I don't understand is though, because Kyler, I thought was brought up, you know, what I'm saying traditional basketball, make the right pass, you know, it what was. I mean? point Man, guard, just make true. the right pass at the right time. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that was, what's that, that last? That was, that was high school what's Kyler. That, what's that? College Kyler was a score, was a bucket. <laughs> I had to turn into a bucket. You know what I mean? It is what it was, walking buckets. But, you know, what else was well, so so some things that I was uh, talking with some of my coworkers. I think um, a good uh, situation may be um, if the Rockets maybe trade Chris Paul for uh, Bradley Bill, something with similar contracts, uh, another shooter. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the Wizards would never in a million years accept that, though. They could be trying to rebuild now at this point. John, you going to rebuild with Chris Paul? No, no, no. But no, you just use him to because to, John Wall's hurt for another year. But the, but the asset and, that you're getting back from Houston, what I, I, would, I would readily more, t- I would rather take the Lakers. Uh, group of assets. You, don't you think they have more to give up than Houston? So would? to, because uh, that's what I've been hearing is that they might potentially make a play for Bradley Bill. Potentially. And, and now the, the thing is, his contract. With that's the Wizards why. is John Wall's contract. It's, yeah. it's so bad. Well, well, so Bradley Bill apparently he's make he has two years left in his deal, yeah. making fifty five mil. I'll pay that. So the thing is, if you do that, it's, it's going to be very hard to sign a, another max free agent. They will have to negotiate their their or or sign for a little less. Than whatever the max they can sign for, so if another player is willing to do that, then sure. And Bradley Beal in in Harden would be redundant. You don't think he's a, a better Trevor Ariza? Bradley Beal's way he's way better than Trevor Ariza. So, but they but they're not their skill set is incomparable though. Both shoot threes. Uh, Trevor Ariza a little taller, but uh, right. Bradley Beal's a great defender. But, but no, Trevor Ariza is a, a three and D guy, and Bradley Beal is a elite scorer but he, at the NBA level. But he's Bradley he's considered a, a, a shooter. He's, he's an considered elite. a, 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 a shooter. A, a, but what I'm but I, what I'm saying is they don't do the same things. I don't think. As far as what, so I think Bradley Beal does what Trevor Ariza does and more. Wouldn't you agree? Shoot no, the three I, I, well. I don't think he plays his, his defense isn't as good. It's, it's a trade off offense for defense, right? Bradley Beal is a better scorer than Trevor Ariza. Correct. Trevor Reza is a more lengthy defender than Bradley Beal. I don't. I wouldn't put Bradley like Trevor Reza. I would have no problem putting him on the opposing team's best uh, wing def- wing uh, guard or wing player and in, in letting him rock out. Sure. I don't think Bradley Beal is going to be a defensive stopper like that. Um, at the two position, he could help. I mean, with PJ no, Tucker, he's fine. He's fine. And Gal- but he's, he's getting him more so for his offense. So sure. I, I just don't sure. see that there being the same type of deal. But 
Okay, but but mind you, they didn't have Trevor Reza this year like either. Eric Gordon's minutes, but you probably have to give up Come Eric Gordon in order to get a Bradley Beal. Or one of them comes off the or, or Eric Gordon used to come you're off not, the bench. You're not going to be able to keep it, Eric Gordon. Sure. Get, yeah. Bradley Beal is a, is a great asset that people are going to have to give up a lot of stuff to get. So, but my question is, with the team they have now, okay. with Chris Paul and James Harden both playing, right. wouldn't you want to have a guy that can be better off the ball versus Chris Paul and let James Harden be ball, ball dominant? That's what it sounds like they're trying to That's do. The, in that case, just get a collection of guys that are just spot-up shooters. I feel like Bradley Beal can do more on a basketball court than just spot-up Exactly, shooters. and you don't want to do that. So, so you don't want to marginalize it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't behoove him to – well, obviously, he's not going to make a decision. Somebody the team would trade him. But it, it wouldn't be a good fit in that offense because he could do so much more than just stop, so, spot-up and shoot. Okay, so question. Eric Gordon, what does he do for the Rockets? He, he does a lot more he, than just shoot. He attacks shoot. the rim. So why he, Bradley Beal can't do that? He come, he, Comes in off the bench. Bradley Beal's a starter. No, Eric, Eric Gordon. He was starting for some games when Chris Paul got hurt. He started. When Chris Paul was hurt, though. So, but, so, 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 sure, but so in this case, I mean, regardless of it, I, it's hard. I think they can make it work if you're a basketball player and, and a team where the Tony system where uh, multiple guys is going to be able to get up shots. He ain't gonna be happy. <laughs> no, Bradley Beal wanted he at this that, point he wanted a team. He's a starter. So, so watch this. He's he a want, starter he, in the NBA. If he goes to the Lakers. Don't Le- don't LeBron have a history of marginalizing but, players? But he's at the end of his ter- like LeBron is entering a decline. It, is he? He was putting up career does, numbers does again. He, does he oh, realize God. that though? He is was putting up. The, is but the question. It, it, hey, though we've come to the end of the, the road, still I can't let go. It's unnatural. Anyway. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but either way, LeBron is coming to a close. He needs somebody to help bear the load, and I think Bradley Beal will have be able to step up and, and sort of bear some of that load. You, if you I hope so. Um, in other news, um, finals has been finalized. Uh, yep, we got the Raptors playing against the Golden State Warriors. This game starts to, games tomorrow. I think first game Thursday, tomorrow at nine. nine o'clock in Toronto. In Toronto, which is which is odd because we're so used to Golden State being the home court advantage throughout. But. So another report it says NBA spoke to the Raptors uh, about Drake. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Rap, rappers' activities and presence on the sideline during the Eastern Conference Finals were focused of conversation. So it sounds like um they're gonna have the talk with the Raptors and try to tell the Raptors to talk to Drake and maybe on what he can and can't do. So, so he's talking to the Raptors. He's not talking directly well, they to can't. Drake. They can't. All right, there. So they're gonna be like, oh yeah, thanks, sure, Adam. We'll talk to him. But they could potentially maybe find the Raptors or implications on the Raptors. They can't maybe find Drake. Drake. Drake will pay for that. He'll be like, yo, just take this, bro. I got it. Like. As a plan, I mean, it's whatever. Like you know, I think it was funny. I just thought it's funny because Drake does get away with a lot of stuff on that sideline. But I think it's fun for basketball, right? right. I think it does more positive than negative, right? Because you get people invested in it that aren't wouldn't otherwise just be invested in basketball, right? Because Drake is such an international musical superstar, right. it brings in sort of the ancillary, the you know the uh, tertiary fans, if you will, just because off of the strength of oh Drake's at sideline at this game going wild. Let me tune in. Right. Let me see what he's. Let me see what he's talking about. Right, like, what's exactly. he going to stir up right. now? Like. So I, I, ultimately, I think it's a good thing for the game. Um, I think Adam probably had to say that because people were in his ear saying. It's unfair that Drake's doing this, that, and the third on sideline. So he had kind of had right. to say, but I think it's actually good for business. That I think Drake is so vocal right. in you know on the sideline. And Adam Silver seemed like a dude where he like he understands like all right, 
if something's really getting out of control right. versus when it's like, all right, you know what, like, sure. like this is this is something that's I mean, like if it was like cursing and berating yeah. the players and like tripping them, and yeah, like yeah right, the right, sidelines. right, right. You gotta chill, man. yeah. But he, it, it's fun banter back and forth and things like that. So I think it's harmless at the end of the day. Now, all right. So I need y'all predictions. Sure. Uh, who do we have winning the finals and what amount of games? Warriors in five or six. If I have to choose one, yeah, give me six. Uh I mean, it's depending on really on KD if he come back. If he come back, I mean, I think they win in six. So uh, if he doesn't come if back, he doesn't come back. Just hypothetically speaking, I may it may go maybe Raptors might be Raptors in but seven. What, but what makes you say that though? Because because since KD's gone down, they've been undefeated. They've been playing the best basketball that we've seen in the last couple of years Talk since to KD has been out. So I'm saying they're back to playing a fun brand of basketball. This is like I think. If KD comes back, it would do do more harm than good. To, to so, are you saying that if KD uh, comes back, they lose? They could potentially. I think if they win these first two games, KD, yo, just go to just to hit, get on that flight to New York, man. The, <laughs> the Big Apple is waiting for you. I just think that I just think that you know um, the the Warriors. Granted, I I will say they closed out they closed out when KD uh, left um, in that. Uh, Houston Rockets series. They got off the brooms. No, they did. No, they sweep, did. They, they, sweeps. Wasn't, wasn't, was it a sweep or was yeah, it? They, they, they swept, swept up the Trailblazers. The Rockets, I'm talking about. Oh, the Rockets. Oh, no, no they, they, they was, it was a 2-1 series. Okay. Yeah, they won the next two games. KD got hurt for game three, but they won and finished that game. Game team two, and then they won three and four. So I get. Well, it wasn't a sweep. The Rockets won the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So it's 2-1, you already said. Yes, yes, yes. So. I get that, but like to be honest with you, I'm just I'm talking about like level of competition here. Not sitting, not taking away anything that from Raptors them. That Raptors team is weak without it's Kawhi and the Kawhi. Kyle Lowry has has been playing well Kawhi, but recently. It's Kawhi and, and, and Rivers. First uh, and, of all, I don't want to be this the bitter Sixers fan, but we, about this we, were, like we were within a, a, a shot that hit the rim four times. We was about to beat that that. Uh, this could have been y'all here. Absolutely. We should have made the finals. Wait, are you kidding me? Could have, should have, would have. Do we don't do? If right, my right, car right. could float, it would be a boom. <laughs> you're 100 percent right. You're a thousand percent right. And what's you're the right. one with the hand grenades and the horseshoes and hand grenades? Yeah, it's the only time they count. Damn. When they get close. Damn. Got it. Okay, go on. See how that come full circle? But um, what happens is, uh, I think that the level of competition, to be honest with you, I think that the Raptors though are playing well, better than what they was playing against in y'all series because. Kyle Lowry was playing well this past series against Van the Bucks. Van Fleet is playing well. Van Fleet was hitting crazy Van shots. Fleet, no, he was. He, he was. Uh, he Pascal Siakam was. You know what I mean? So I think that team collectively, the way at least that they was playing, is better than them taking the Trailblazers. The way they was playing last round. I don't know. Trailblazers is not that good. That's what I'm trying to say. So I'm like, I don't know if it's just like, all it right, well. better than that Raptors team. So who? The Trailblazers? No. It's, it's, all right. So here's my prediction: Warriors in five. Or Toronto in seven, meaning if it goes to a game seven, Toronto's gonna win. Um, I think the Warriors is a better team with or without KD. I think um, we're gonna have to see a lot from Kawhi. Man, none of this. If that in the third, pick pick a game and pick a date and pick a team. Yes, sir. All right, Warriors in five. Boom. Man, thank you. Warriors in five. You got Warriors okay. in six. Give me Warriors in six. And you said Toronto. I said Warriors in six. Oh, unless KD come back, then it's Toronto in seven. No, no, I said KD don't come back. I said, but. If you come, if you come back, which I'm expecting that to happen, it's gonna be game six. Maybe so six. you think he comes back in what game three? Like, what do you, yeah, game three. He's uh, traveling with the team. Uh, 
Um, any other uh, closing? Uh, um, RJ Hampton. So uh, mm-hmm. recently, top five recruit uh, in the twenty nineteen class. He actually. So this guy in particular, his name's RJ Hampton. He's from uh, I believe this town called Little Elm or something like that in Texas. But he had reclassified from the twenty twenty class to the twenty nineteen class, mm-hmm. and he uh, ended up being uh, in the final rankings, like the number four overall recruit. Right. And he recently had made his. Uh, he was supposed to make his college decision. I think the final schools were Texas Tech. Kansas and uh, Memphis, and uh, he ended up actually uh, thwarting all those and just um, elected to go play overseas in the, um, I think it's the New Zealand Zealand Basketball League, um, you know, which is, uh, I believe, um, off the coast, Australia. So um, I just, I mean, what do y'all think about that? Do y'all think um, that's going to work out, you know, for him? Is this like indicative of more of a trend that we're going to see, like in the future moving with the recruits like uh, you know as far as opting to play overseas because he he did mention I will say that a lot of his one of his influences was that um, what he saw this year out of Luka Doncic uh-huh. and how and how he was you know the way he was performing and the way he was easily adjusted to the NBA but the thing with that is if you were so inspired by Luka go play in the Spanish league that's what you know got his game up not playing in you know, New Zealand like I don't know if it's dudes over there that's nice like that. What is Patty Mills from New Zealand or Australia? Patty Mills is from um, oh. Australia. Okay. Either way, um, uh, more power to the kid. Um, I'm ha- I hope it works out for him. I hope he's you know successful. Um, I think you know college basketball. I I don't agree with them not getting paid. So I'm happy. I hope it works out for him. And um, he's not like the, it's not like he's the first person to do this. There's been your know, Brandon Jennings played in the league. Terrence Ferguson. Um, uh, Manuel Moutier. Manuel Moutier. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I don't think this is going to change anything from a long, you know, term perspective. But the only way, um, I think it's going to be like maybe one or two guys every year that does this. The only way it changes is is one or two things have to happen where internationally starts getting more of a buzz than college, which I doubt. Yeah, not in this league. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, I would say that league overseas because Australia and New Zealand, that whole first of all, that whole like region, like usually produces a lot of like physically tough, you know, basketball players and, you know, uh, other sports, I believe, like rugby's like a big thing down there too. So um, I think, I mean, the merit that he was basically referencing is that it's going to get him physically prepared for the game, how it isn't played in NBA. But then why not play in the G League then? And then work on – then you could get – well, maybe he's getting more money over there, right? Well, could, be. could be. So maybe that that's why. But, um, no, I think it's interesting. I think – what was I about to say? Um – yeah, I don't see it being a trend. What do we yeah, no. I think yeah, I said uh, it's until it, unless they gonna start getting paid money over there like crazy amounts, which I doubt. Um, the money's here. Oh, you you made a point earlier about it being a branding opportunity. So I'll like with college, that. you um you like when you go to a Duke or you go to a North Carolina or you go to a K- Kentucky, you know those fan bases are gonna prop you up and build you up. You're gonna have national games. Um, you know, on you know almost a, a weekly basis, if you're at one of those big programs and things like that, so your brand sort of coming out after you do get drafted is already a bit higher, and you can leverage that to get a, a shoe deal, what yeah. have you. So as Agreed. opposed to you know these guys coming over from Europe, unless like you're a Luca, where I, I don't, it still might be a little while for him to get a nice deal, but right. you, you get a Zion who's coming out of Duke, and he's going to get a hundred million dollar uh, shoe contract. Right. So the only thing I can think of is like if you go to China play ball. Uh, they have like the Ling Nings over there. That's a, a popular brand. So then you can kind of get a, a contract with them. But again, all the major uh, uh, sports brands are 
Nike and stuff. And unless you're like an international soccer player, you playing basketball internationally is not going to get you a big deal with like Nike or Adidas or the top. Uh, I was going to say John Moran actually just signed with Nike uh, recently too. I think he got that kind of combination of like, uh, I think you said what, like tournament, right? Yeah, we did in the yeah. tournament, you know, triple-double in that first game against Marquette, uh, banging on somebody. I think it's also his presence that he just made recently, talking about he's you know point guard and all that. So yeah, but he gotta slow that down. Nah, he um, got no, he got a chill, chill. Point said, guard. I don't know what that. Yeah, he was. I said you know who's gonna know, be the Chris first. Chris Paul is a point guard. That that's a point guard. A, a guy who's assist man, floor general. I haven't seen that out of Moran yet. And, and, and he, if he's gonna be in on Memphis Grizzlies, you know who he's gonna see a lot. Patrick Beverly playing in that Western Conference. You know what I mean? Explain. Oh, who is supposed yeah. to guard him? Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, so, but uh, Pat, you, know, you already know what he do with Westbrook. So, so yeah, you know I mean, they calling him baby Westbrook. You know what he, you know what he, you know what he did to. I was saying to Dwight the other day what he did to uh, Lonzo. Remember when Lonzo first came to the league? Checked in that first game, yeah. and you know what Patrick did to Russell Westbrook? What did he do to Russell? He tried to bring in his, his leg. leg in his mid. Tried to bring his leg. That's crazy. Nah, but uh, to each his own. I think um, whatever you and in and, and that person's family decides to do, whether they stay here internationally. I think college experience, whether it's for a semester or for a year, is still something that you you, you don't want to trade in for the world. Um, you get to be around people your age, uh, be around an atmosphere where you can still be a kid. Right. I feel like you go internationally and yeah. stuff, you, you have they to not, grow up a little quicker. And they, yeah, because it's a different culture out there, so they're not doing the same things that right. you're doing on top of the fact that there's that age gap. Right, and when you go to these schools, you're a, kind of a celebrity, sports guys, people at colleges get treated as a celebrity a little bit. Uh, so it kind of make it a little easy. And again, all you have to do is you take summer classes. You may only have to take three or four classes in that semester. It's probably all BS classes anyway. So you probably can be able to work out uh, 24-7 if you really committed to it and get a free meal plan. So like uh, you can use it to your advantage. And these facilities now at these colleges are better than a lot of these facilities they have at pro uh, areas. So. Like like G leagues and like international, pro, I'm saying so. Yeah. Uh, it's whoever benefits the most from it, shout out to y'all. I ain't mad at y'all. Yeah. You know they gotta make that decision. What's best for them? Yeah. Well, on that note, it's been an excellent episode, fellas. This has been the Yuppie Noir Podcast. Gang. Signing out, gang. Baby, you get it. She got it.